Welcome, Ritesh. Uh, this is the second time we're speaking. The first time we spoke face-to-face was SK Forum Asia when you came to Singapore and spoke. I think it was probably about this time last year. Um, and yeah. to say that last year has been eventful for you is an understatement. Uh, a lot has happened with your company. Uh, in many ways, a lot of the changes in your company, a lot of the, a lot of the public um, changes that you've done uh, in the company started before this period of coronavirus. Uh, in many ways, it has been accelerated. And um, so what, and you at the, at the still tender young age of 26, uh, are leading a company that has you know thousands and thousands of employees has a presence in in you know tens of companies what's how many countries are you in today yeah i think uh, you know we, first off thank you so much rafat for having me here uh, i was i was just checking on the date um, we were we met together may 27th at singapore so not not very far from uh, this this time and we were talking about how uh, global travel will change um, with with significantly more people traveling uh, between countries, different segments, and so on. And, and they're a fantastic group of speakers. Uh, it's amazing uh, how powerful time is that in, in less than a year, or probably a little bit more than a year, uh, the world changed so dramatically for, for travel in general and for OYO as well. So um, tell me, uh, you know, the last year, obviously, you've gone through the financing ups and downs. You've gone through the owners and uh, social media, you know, travelers talking about OYO and why it has had all those troubles. Um, uh, you've made a bunch of changes. You've done, you did layoffs and restructuring in January before all of this started. And obviously you've done tons of things since then as well. So uh, maybe start at the start of the year. Uh, what was the restructuring you did and why did you think it was necessary? Sure, look, first off, uh, I think, uh... 2020 end is when we looked back at 2019 and saw a few things. The first bit was, while it was an eventful year, like you mentioned, in terms of growth, we were a company which were primarily in India and Southeast Asia getting into 2019 and just, uh, you know, just starting to enter China uh, with, with significant amount of scale. Uh, through the year, uh, we had the opportunity to be able to scale uh, significantly and be um, uh, you know, uh, a distributed global player in terms of providing vacation homes and hotel experiences in the budget and economy segment across the world. We were very thankful to uh, tens of millions of customers, 43,000 hotel partners, and 50,000 homeowners who joined us. But clearly within that, there were two important learnings we had. Remember that restructuring uh, on people was, of course, quite uh, tough on the organization. And that said, there were three primary reasons for those reports. The first one was to make sure that we decide which geographies do we want to focus on within the countries that we are in. We realized that there are some cities where either the customer experience that we aspire to provide to our consumers or the price points that we sell our rooms at are either consumer service-wise or economically not sustainable. So we did not want to continue investing in those cities. We focused our investments in cities where we could generate every hotel a little more than $100,000 of revenue per year. The second focus area for us was making sure that we consolidated our competencies. Uh, as we had grown worldwide, especially when you're starting new geographies, you need to make sure that you almost build the entire competency sets locally but once geographies start having certain amount of vintage, you're able to centralize some of those areas in uh, what we call as centers of excellence. And the third bit was in the area of how did we serve our partners. We used to serve our partners by a combination of significant number of people serving our partners on the ground, as well as significant number of people serving them centrally. Over the last year, we've been working with our partners to transform a lot of these experiences in chat formats, which was quicker as well as had instant gratification. But all of that said, none of this takes away from the fact that in reflection, we should have planned better as to what the total number of uh, people we bring in into the organization, 
because remember one of the other challenges that we faced or you know uh, we've, we've learned from rather is that we added multiple times the number of oyopreneurs mm. last year uh, and in that being able to transfer the underlying culture and values takes time and you know we are of course using this time to be able to build even deeper relationships with the oyopreneurs here as well as the oyopreneurs impacted but uh, you know uh, we we had to uh, acknowledge that uh, that was the that was a learning and that was uh, something that we uh, had to improve upon and we acknowledged and we 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 were on the path of making significant and so and we'll come back to that a little bit but since uh, since covid started and you started i'm guessing seeing the effects first in your china business i'm guessing sometime in early uh, Jan, 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 Jan and Jan so Thurby. you've done many steps since then, including, uh, is it fair to say a huge part of your staff is furloughed or has been laid off since then? So uh, I think let me give some broader context about, uh, you know, how from the day one when we got to see the COVID impact in China with the first lockdowns happening in And you have uh, hotels in Wuhan? Uh, between uh, we, we did have hotels in Wuhan as well. I still have uh, hotels in Wuhan. We actually served uh, a lot of frontliners near the uh, hospital that was built in 10 days. Uh, and and very, very, very uh, glad that we've, we've been able to extend that worldwide. But let me try and give some context as to what happened between then and now. It's just uh, first of all, I'll try to do uh, what has been probably thousands and thousands of hours of work in uh, a couple of minutes. So forgive me if I miss out on something. So, uh, you know, the first time we saw the lockdowns in Wuhan, and of course, those were uh, very aggressive uh, or, or very uh, strong lockdowns and um, matters of which we've seen in various countries across the world uh, since then. The initial thought was it was going to be uh, a certain part of China, the south central part of China, or at most a broader country of China in terms of impact. Uh, so it, it, it initially felt like it was going to be a one country challenge almost uh, around mid-February or later in February, we started seeing impact in Southeast Asia and some of the other Asian markets. In no time, you saw Europe coming under uh, the impact of the virus. That's when it was aptly clear to us that this was going to be a global uh, impact rather than being a single country challenge. Because you remember those first couple of weeks where everybody was benchmarking right. this to SARS. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, of course, this is night and day, just the difference between SARS and uh, coronavirus. But if you used all the benchmarks of SARS, it felt like, well, this is going to be a short-term challenge and things are going to get better. But once we started seeing what was happening in Europe, we realized that this was going to be a long, painful uh, challenge. The initial reaction was, of course, to uh, review what, what happened to employees. Um, we had close to uh, 12 employees that had gotten impacted, uh, that have gotten impacted over time with the virus. but uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm uh, glad that large part of them and their families have recovered. We still have three or four cases. The fourth, we are uh, hoping that uh, the next tests come out uh, negative. Uh, the second step was making sure that beyond employees, consumers, and partners' safety, you uh, react by making sure that all the controllable costs are reduced. So, for example, we reduced cost of uh, travel and expenses that every company issued policies of forward-looking capital expenditures, uh, any immediate, uh, uh, you know, uh, potential new acquisitions we were considering, um, you know, if there was any kind of uh, new, uh, uh, you know, expenses on marketing that we were planning, we, we put a pause on most of them or, or reduce them significantly. Very soon we realized that given the size of the impact, it's critical, and I was, of course, uh, you know, uh, quite impacted by Arnie's video uh, from Marriott. Uh, I saw that uh, a couple of weeks back as we were going through that process. Uh, uh, a very, very touching video uh, of of somebody uh, who you've not seen a lot uh, actually being out there, uh, you know, for for him to have to come and deliver that message. Uh, uh, you know, it was followed through on April eighth, I think. Uh, where, uh, you know, uh, we announced some furloughs. Uh, it was a very significant impact, uh, especially because we were coming out of a restructuring in January. Uh, uh, 
we uh, tried to make sure that in as many places we could furlough, we had we did furlough, but at the same time, in some geographies or some parts of the business, we had to also retrench um, people in, in the organization. While it was no, um, there was no good choice. It was one bad choice over another. Uh, it was like set of four bad choices, which is the least bad choice can you choose? Uh, but we tried to do um, our, our best among uh, whatever we could do, depending on geographies. For example, of course, globally, healthcare, Medicare, uh, you know, are critical, but in different countries, there are different requirements. Uh, for instance, in India, young children's fees are critical. Um, in Indonesia, making sure that you are preempting uh, the Ramadan bonus is critical. So being able to make sure that you're appreciating every geography's uh, specific needs uh, and, and trying to support in every manner possible. Of course, um, you know, uh, none of those can make up for, for the challenges our team members uh, you know, uh, do face. Uh, and, and due to that, uh, we are trying to make sure that doing three things. One, need, being honest and straightforward in our discussions. Two, engaging as much as we can. I held a town hall, I think, three days back with a uh, large number of our furloughed employees in India, Southeast Asia, and, and trying to uh, communicate with them, sharing where we are, answering any questions they have, trying to help people respectively in various thoughts and, and, and challenges they may have. And third is, frankly, uh, just truly uh, treating them as partners in the progress. So um, I think none of those, again, can make up for the challenges that are there. But I would just take 10 more seconds and share. That said, I think in reflection, the quarter one, uh, and I'm talking calendar here terms, uh, you know, of course, in India, financial year starts uh, second quarter calendar year. So I'm talking calendar year, first quarter, uh, what was actually outside of China, great foundational year for us. Uh, our consumer services that uh, we wanted to rapidly improve on. Uh, remember, in India, we still had 90% of our revenue come from repeat or word of mouth. But we said that uh, no problem too small. We will take every problem and go to the bottom uh, depth of it. Uh, and, and we made significant improvements there. Uh, on our partner side, uh, you know, while on one side, tens of thousands of partners chose us, but they had real complaints. They had complaints of, um, you know, easier explanation of reconciliation, making sure how do we ensure that the pricing principles are explained better. We spent significant thousands of hours of trainings to ensure that worked um, and, and were able to make significant uh, Can I ask you a question on the partner stuff? On I want to ask you a question on the partner stuff. Because partners, you know, please, we have please, obviously reported heavily on it. Dennis, who's, who you know very well, is listening to this as well. Um, uh, partners you, complaints in the U.S. and other parts of India, media has reported on it, have been there. Some have said that OYO has cheated them, et cetera, et cetera, version of, version of that. Have you been able to root out most of it? And do you understand the frustration that owners or your partners had? Absolutely. Look, I think uh, to begin with, OYO's success is absolutely linked to two key stakeholders of ours. Consumers who walk inside our door and expect a reliable, value-priced, easy-to-book experience, and partners who expect getting lift in business while being able to make sure that they can also get transparent and trustworthy commercials with us. So given that is the expectation, if a partner doesn't see delivery basis that, there, is, there will be frustration, and I empathize and respect that. Let me begin with it. Let me break this answer down, Rafat, into two parts. First part of what do our partners like about us? And second, what do our partners dislike about us? And I'll try to give an operational perspective to it for uh, your viewers and yourself to be able to sort of just understand where does that emanate from? Where does it begin from? And what are the changes we are making to make improvements there? So to begin with, uh, our partners join us because they want to see a lift in business. So for instance, if you think about um, owners in the United States, for instance, they have seen that on online channels, the revenue after they spend 80, 90 days with us jumps on an average by 50% on online basis. Whereas if you take it in India, we've been able to bring significant lift in occupancy, and that's something which is a broader part of local discussions. That's not even something I need to detail out further. But what do our partners not like, or what have been the challenges that we have faced? 
I will break this into the India market challenge and US market challenges. As you are aware, these are two fundamentally different markets, but I'll just try and use those as two ends of the spectrum uh, to be able to give uh, a perspective there. For our partners in India, there are two primary things that we could have done better. And I'll also explain the reason or the challenges behind and what we're trying to improve. The first area that you may have heard is reconciliations are a challenge. We don't understand the reconciliation and hence I believe that what I believe is the final outcome of my invoice versus what OYO believes are different. The reason which, where it emanates from uh, Rafat is fairly straightforward. Number one, the ability of our partners to fully understand our contracts as well as our policies. We partner over 20,000 owners in India and a lot of policies, for example, our 3C policy where we explain what are the service levels we expect our partners to deliver in India. Or whether it's a policy or whether it's a hotel doesn't deliver a certain service, there will be a fine. Um, and various things in that order. Unlike various other e-commerce companies in India, where they send an email to their vendors, give them a 30-day period to be able to understand the policy and a choice to leave the platform if they want to or have a consultation, our partners are not as sophisticated to be able to read their emails in advance and hence be able to understand the exact policies. What we have made as a difference, and the second thing that it emanates from, is the person who engages with our partner in terms of discussions so far has been the accountant, the finance person of the owner and the finance person of OYO, who are not the principals either ways. The principals are our BD manager and the owner itself. So in order to change this, for number one, for any new policies, we have extended the consultation period going forward. And second, we have set up a small team of what we call as SAMs, which are strategic asset managers, whose primary job is ensuring that they are focused on ensuring that they help and engage with our partners. And second is we have trained a large number of BD managers to be able to ensure that they can principle to principle discuss with our partners. Second issue we've seen in India has been the price volume equation. Uh, again, I'm sorry, I know that a lot of your uh, users are don't in the United States. It. But, uh, don't worry about it. Uh, go ahead. Uh, but, uh, but in India, uh, a lot of times if, you're, if you go to an apart apartment landlord, they would say you that if you come to rent my apartment for anything less than one lakh rupees, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to keep my apartment empty for as long as I want. Sometimes that's the same mindset that comes into the hotel, wherein 3,000 rupees, 20% occupancy feels like is a better decision than 1,200 rupees, 80% occupancy, whereas clearly the rev bars in the second are better. In India, for instance, we see partners who allow us full latitude of pricing get much better returns. But that said, it's not the partner's responsibility to understand it. It is our responsibility right. to explain it to them. So we have started quarterly sessions where we try to work with our partners to explain the various pricing systems. Let me now take you to the context of uh, our U.S. partners. In the United States, there are two important contexts um, you know, of challenges that we have faced. The first one is large number of our contracts that we have signed have typically been in uh, a segment where we have made some commitments to our partners and we have expected our partners to stand true on some of their commitments. Whether it is in the form of the way we would like the CapEx to be invested, uh, uh, registering the walk-in visits uh, and various things in that order. Majority of the partners uh, do a great job there and I've been very, very excited about working with them. Whereas in few cases, those become challenges. Wherever those challenges come, you have the similar issue of what I was mentioning on reconciliation in India, which leads to a dispute. The learning from that is minimum guarantee as a system, uh, which is a large percentage of the revenue, is not fully aligned with the interests of both the asset owner and OO itself. So while we still provide some kind of minimum guarantee to our partners so that we can get the full com comfort for them, it, so it is used as a way of genuine truth and partnership rather than that of being able to make sure, uh, you know, uh, ensuring that uh, we are able to uh, create, uh, you know, uh, uh, just a minimum guarantee for, for the sake of it. The second learning that we have had in the United States has been improving on the OOS 
something that I and uh, uh, Denise have also spoken quite a bit about. That is, if you look at our product experience that we've provided to our asset owners across the world, there is a range of experiences. Asset owners in Asia and some part of Europe would say that this is a great experience, whereas in the United States, clearly there are a bunch of improvements that we needed to do in the OYO OS. Uh, if I were to look at the aspirational product roadmap I have for OYO OS, I definitely believe that there is a, wait, a, a while uh, before we get to the full outcome of it. But I believe that in product roadmaps, there is always a Pareto, where uh, you know 20% of the features give you 80% of the impact uh, of the problems that you're facing at that period of time. So if I look at the problems that I was facing in December, which included flexibility for our partners, I think in that we've come 60, 70% of the way in terms of flexibility of ensuring easy check-ins and check-outs, adding guests, making sure that there are easy refunds. And, and so you want to control so the, but, uh, you, I know you've always built your own tech and have sort of controlled the tech stack. Do you continue to hold that belief today? So from our perspective, look, we are, uh, you know, I think over the years we have continued to partner with great uh, products and also integrated them into our system. The way we think about it is uh, we want to, the reason our partners choose us is fivefold. Our partners choose us because they want to see a lift in business, no surprises there. Our partners choose us because they want to get OYO's loyalty program to drive customers. But our partners also choose us to get hassle-free operations working with them. Whether it is managing the consumer register, whether it is doing uh, CRM programs with their consumers, whether it is just responding to reviews on booking.com. They expect us to do most of these jobs for themselves. So we've worked with, for example, Rate Gain, um, uh, which, is, uh, which is a software product uh, uh, doing well uh, you know, across the world. Uh, we've, uh, and similarly, we've used various products for tax services for our partners. We've used various products for enabling staff for the hotel owners. So from our perspective, we are happy to bring in those features. But that said, you have to understand that OYO hotel owners are unique. And let me share that with the context of United States. So in the US, there are three important contexts for OYO specific business that are not generally talked about. And I want to use this opportunity to talk about it. The first bit is a lot of times there is this question of saying, why do you need to provide pricing support as a company to uh, the underlying hotels? Remember, a lot of the branded hotels that exist in the United States are over 150 or 200 rooms in size, who can afford to have a revenue manager, a separate general manager, and so on and so forth. OYO hotels in US are typically small hotels, 100 rooms or 150 rooms and small. These hotels cannot afford to have people exclusively doing revenue management as a job. So OYO's ability to be able to bring this value has two-faced effect. One is dynamic pricing enables better rev bar, and second, enables better operating efficiency. Second, our customer segment. What people think is that economy hotels in the United States is, is typically the $100 to $150 price point. But OYO specializes in the $50 to $75 price point of saying that in this segment as well, can we bring a reasonably reliable experience for consumers? And our consumers could be truckers, pharmaceutical consumers, all the way to our uh, mid-scale brands could be uh, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, uh, uh, mid-range corporate employees, and, and, and so on. But our biggest base is still the economy brand. Um, and the third thing is, because these are unique segments, there is no off-the-shelf off technology that you can just take and, um, you know, copy-paste into this segment. You need to create uh, products and experiences that are unique to this segment and, and their asset owners. And due to that, it's important to speak to partners, which is what we're trying to do. We're running webinars almost every week with large scale of partners, individual discussions, and, and so on. So uh, let's close the US and then we're, I want to move to China a little bit. So in the US today, how many hotels do you have? Um, so in the United States, we have over 300 hotels uh, with OYO as we speak. And have you, um, what you want to stay in the US? I know I, I wrote something and you said, Rafat, you're going to be wrong to say that, and I was just obviously tweeting uh, crap, as I always do, um, uh, to say uh, OYO would potentially exit the U.S. market as it focused, so this is obviously pre-virus. Pre um, are you thinking about exiting any markets? I know you said, and we'll come to the focus part a bit, but um, are you thinking of exiting any markets? Why don't yeah. we combine that? 
Rafat, why don't we combine the focus geographies and this question because I think it will be it, it will be more contextual. Yeah, Is ahead. that okay? So you know clearly, I think uh, you know. Uh, let me uh, let me begin by saying that the article you wrote and I told and and I and I must correct you. I came and told you that that was one of the uh, most uh, well balanced. Um, uh, uh, thoughts that that was written about our company. I think I may not uh, agree with everything there, but I think it was definitely uh, very well thought through and written, and I respect um, uh, that. Uh, uh, let me follow through uh, with the second thing, which is about focus. Look, clearly, I think COVID uh, is forcing brands and companies across the world to focus, and uh, Oyo clearly needs to make sure uh, that we can uh, uh, really, really try and improve. Uh, within that, here's the way we are thinking about it. I think uh, if I were to uh, sort of break down our markets into uh, broadly two segments, and I take a view of saying two years out, how do I want OYO to look like? I think there is one segment of markets where I want to sort of invest in and uh, you know significantly put more capital in, uh, which would be markets such as India, Southeast Asia, and Europe. Uh, where we have significant uh, uh, momentum, significant scale, um, and uh, the cost of uh, new addition of scale is uh, not as high. Our focus would be to continue to invest to create market-leading proposition in, in these segments by focusing on our consumers, our partners, and our employees. On the other hand, uh, China, United States, uh, and, and a couple of other geographies are critical for us, and China and United States specifically, which are strategic to us, but in these markets, our focus will be to go deeper and ensure that how do we continue to make sure that we bring the best to our partners? Because, uh, you know, we, as you mentioned, I think we have a bunch of things to improve. Our partners are constantly giving us great feedback. We are working with them to make sure that we deliver the best service to them. And, uh, and of course, we will keep adding some hotels. Uh, it's not like we will um, stop growth, but it will be a lot more measured growth with a focus on really deeply focusing our stack on great consumer and partner experience with the products that we bring, and uh, by which we become a strong challenger in these markets. And uh, once we are a strong uh, challenger, I think then we have the opportunity to decide uh, whether we need to uh, uh, you know, significantly invest again to be able to uh, aspire to get to uh, the market leadership position. So, so that's just uh, a context of how we are thinking about it. Uh, I don't. Uh, it's hard for me to answer specifically uh, in a world like today that are we exiting any market? Of course, in the near future, at least the business plan we have today, there is no plans to exit any market. But that said, I think, uh, you know, that's that's a that's a very broad ranged uh, blanket yeah. statement. So uh, you may have seen there is a news article that came and my context was specifically at this period of time, because in today's world, you're making business plans with various scenarios for nine months right. or 12 months. But, uh, uh, you know, COVID has taught us that if there is the one thing that you can't plan is a clear business plan. Um, yeah, uh, so, so you have to have scenarios and you have to constantly respond to it. So yeah, so to China, to because obviously you were, last time we talked, you were extremely bullish in China. This was the, our conversation on stage at in Singapore. Um, if I remember right, your China, the, the rooms you had in China were actually out, outpacing what it was in India at that point. Um, you've had lots of ups and downs. Were there a mix of Oyo's own issues and cultural issues, you think, or um, or there was something else? And what's the state of your China business today? Is it reopening? How's it, how's it recovering? Sure. First off, um, I think uh, that is absolutely, uh, you know, uh, a, a very important part of the discussion today. I think uh, China was a market which, uh, for the first time, saw COVID, and I believe would probably be the first market which would uh, uh, probably uh, show what the recovery phase will look like. Uh, in my view, actually, China and Europe would be uh, two markets that would be the early ones to show a strong recovery, especially given the European summers is something that everybody has their eyes on. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a while. Let's talk about China now. Uh, I think in China, uh, we were at around 60, 65% occupancy uh, pre-COVID. Uh, remember the occupancies uh, at that point of time were going through a very interesting impact, which happens every year during Chinese New Year. Uh, that is on one side, your urban cities occupancy start going down because Chinese New Year is a uh, time when people are going on holidays, whereas your leisure occupancy start um, uh, rising uh, significantly. So from our perspective, uh, the way we thought about 
the broader context was as under. Uh, we first saw China's occupancy go from 65 in, through to February at 16. As we speak, it has come out to around 45% occupancy as we are seeing, especially in the hotels, which are besides uh, the south central part of China, which got the most impacted by uh, COVID. Uh, so there are three important trends that we are seeing, and then let me talk about OYO specific issues and, and uh, how I look at them. The first trend that we are seeing is clearly economy hotels come out sooner than uh, upper market uh, hotels. So if you look at the recent SDR reports, uh, you will see that the economy hotels are at the, at the range of 45 to 50% occupancy, close to the OEO numbers also that we're seeing. Of course, Huachu, which is China Lodging Group, is seeing much higher occupancies, partly also because of the geographical mix of OEO being between small town China and uh, urban China and uh, uh, the geographical distribution. Uh, the second thing, uh, whereas the luxury and upmarket hotels are still 20% or in that range. Second thing that we're seeing is drive-through demand is very strong. So we are seeing that local city or close to the cities in terms of drive-through, uh, driving uh, markets are, are seeing the first recovery in terms of uh, consumer uh, demand coming back. Uh, even though air load factors are looking strong, we are still yet to see significant rebound in uh, hotel traffic uh, in, in that specific area. And the third thing that we are seeing uh, is that uh, on the ground, uh, there is a strong set of optimism uh, in terms of consumers coming back on travel. Uh, for OYO's issues, um, again, I think uh, it's, it's hard to sort of point, um, uh, you know, what was the primary reason of the challenges? Because in my view, if I were to lay this out, uh, in every market, if I were to look at our business, I think in some places we've done great work for our customers, but we could have done improvement on our partner side. And some markets we've done great work on our partner side and we could have done uh, you know, a lot more for our consumers. And in some markets we could have done more for both. Um, I think specific, and you know, that's, that's something that will remain for every year, but uh, specifically uh, for 2019, I think in China, our consumers continue to appreciate our experience very significantly in China. We've been continuously uh, one of the best rated uh, hotel products. And even for our global business, we see one of the best services there. Uh, but on the other hand, I think on the supply and our partner side, I think uh, there were, again, two primary issues. One relating to the similar challenges that I talked about in the United States, linking to um, our, our incentive alignment with our partners with minimum guarantees. And we have, again, made improvements there. Uh, coming out of COVID. Uh, and the second one has been a little bit more of how do we, uh, how do we ensure that we focus in uh, a, a set of cities, which means in China, we were operating at around 600 um, you know, uh, broader cities. I think what we were able to figure out is there is around 450 of them or 400 of them where we create significantly more value. So being able to invest a lot more in those cities uh, makes uh, makes a lot more sense. So being able to sort of look at, we've broken China into uh, thousands of grids for ourselves, so even city is not the right answer. And we've basically said, which are the few hundred grids uh, which the OEO business model is working absolutely well for consumers who are saying that 150 RMB or 120 RMB, 4.2 rated hotel on five, I want to go stay there. And partners say that uh, I have 20% occupancy going up to 45 in a COVID world, uh, and, and I want to join this system. So uh, I think uh, those, were, those were the two challenges that we learned from in China. And um, of course, I think uh, I'm, I'm confident about uh, the recovery of China and, and the opportunities uh, it brings, specifically because OYO's business is very focused on the domestic customers uh, right. in, in the China um, market. Let's move to Europe, where you made a big acquisition last, last year, last year. Tobias, who runs that vacations uh, business, in fact, is uh, speaking at our conference in uh, three weeks from now, three and a half weeks from now. So is vacation rentals still a priority for you? Sure. Like I mentioned, um, India, Southeast Asia, and Europe, and when I said Europe, I meant uh, vacation homes um, as, as our business. I think, uh, let me begin by giving the broader global perspective on vacation homes. Uh, I think, uh, from my perspective, managed vacation homes uh, uh, and uh, hotels are the two core businesses that we plan to invest in uh, in the times to come because besides focus on geographies, it's critical to also focus on businesses right. in this period of time. So on one side, 
where we want to bring um, you know uh, hotels and uh, uh, retrofit them and and get them uh, available for easy booking experiences on the other hand we want to bring uh, unavailable vacation homes uh, and make them available uh, with with ease of life for the homeowner and customer these are two propositions that we are very focused on uh, we have three brands there belvilla uh, traum and dan center i think um, you know uh, first off i think uh, we've we've seen great results through last year on the consumer side where we've continued to see very strong preference towards professionally managed uh, vacation home uh, owners because of uh, consumer trust and confidence in that segment um, and second we've also seen more homeowners coming because if anything more homeowners want more additional uh, second home income uh, in 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 times like now uh, especially with a, a third party managed player uh, in terms of uh, the covid impact what we're seeing is uh, uh, you know we first saw denmark coming back very strong um, i must say that uh, you know last year same time this business used to get 45% customers who were uh, you know danes staying in denmark uh, and i'm happy to share that um, this year uh, there is around 89% uh bookings that we are getting from danes uh, uh booking in denmark so there is uh, there is a significant uh, uh jump in terms of local demand uh, our our uh, danish business we are seeing is up uh, year over year in in terms of bookings and we are seeing similar trends coming out in in benelux as people know that mid of uh, june is when a lot of borders are opening um, as well um, as as the european summers uh, sets in so uh, yes i think vacation homes both um, in india and southeast asia and europe will be um, a, a critical priority hotels and vacation homes are the two segments we are very focused upon uh, i think um, there is there is somebody who's who's also written um, i think i absolutely believe vacation homes is something that gives consumers a sense of confidence because of lesser density the way you should think about is hostels and vacation homes are two complete ends of the spectrum hostels which are uh, dense and vacation homes that are least dense uh, vacation homes are not just least dense in terms of getting a home for yourself but also a lot of them are in villages which means the population surrounding your homes also are uh, sparse in comparison to urban cities so i do believe uh, the choices um, versus urban you will see a uh, vacation uh, segment uh, uh, maybe maybe see some rise but at least that's what europe is showing at this point let's talk about your valuation because obviously that's been also been a controversy um, in terms of uh, and obviously your association with softbank softbank being i think your largest shareholder um as a as a investor um you are personally on the hook for 2 billion dollars which i don't think any 26 year old can say that they're on the hook for 2 billion dollars you have personal guarantee at your company um what's the state of your financing i think you've said that you are secure for the next 3 to 4 years without taking any money yeah i think uh, let me uh, very very important question rafat i think i will uh, sort of break those into valuation liquidity um, and shareholders as as three different segments of thoughts uh, let me begin by uh, our shareholders and and just generally how we are working together so uh, first off i think we are very very thankful uh, to have a great group of shareholders of course softbank vision fund uh, is a very valuable shareholder but beyond them uh sequoia lightspeed uh green oaks uh china lodging group uh airbnb and and, and other shareholders uh grab uh dd are are important share uh and we are working very closely with each one of them uh in today's period one of the key things that we have tried to do to make sure that uh not just for shareholders but also for our consumers our teams and our man, and our um, uh you know partners and uh, broader group we have set together a very strong operational uh board which doesn't just have the management and the shareholders but now have a, a great group of uh you know uh board members who are independent and non executives so we brought in betsy atkins who's our governance chair uh we brought in troy alstead who was ceo at starbucks a uh, fantastic uh, operator worked with howard schultz and built uh, a fantastic business is on the boards of uh, levi's harley davidson uh and and various uh, high quality consumer brands so that's that's a segment on shareholder and uh, board let me come to valuation in today's time clearly every uh, travel hospitality um, you know uh, uh, consumer 
any segment which is linked to travel and hospitality uh, is impacted in terms of valuations. Um, Oyo is a private company, so it's hard for me to know uh, what what would be uh, our value given we are uh, the, the the latest transaction happened a few months back. But that said, I think uh, clearly there would be uh, some valuation impact in the short term. I don't know what that is, but that's not something that's on our minds today. At our minds is really being able to make sure that how do we uh, use this uh, COVID period to do three things. One, ensure that uh, we have to take a bunch of uh, uh, decisions which are uh, bad options, but uh, decisions that we have to take nevertheless. How do we take those by keeping our core values into account? Second, how do we make sure that our cost structures reflect the new market reality and the new focus our company has? And number three, how do we make sure that we really deep dive on our consumer partner matrix and really go back to the drawing board and uh, not let this crisis uh, not be uh, a time when we uh, fix a, a bunch of changes that, that we had to improve. And those are the three things that we are focused on doing today. In terms of cash, uh, we are happy that we have a, a, a good liquid situation, uh, partly because of my investment last year through my holding company. Uh, I'm happy to uh, share that our group companies all combined have a little over uh, a billion dollars on the balance sheet that should see us through for um, three, three to four years. And hopefully we can build uh, a fantastic uh, business for our customers, partners, and our shareholders in this period of time. Um, so yeah, that's, so that's in terms of the employees that are on furlough today, what are what is the timeline you are giving them? So uh, globally, the furloughs are for different timelines depending on different geographies uh, that employees are in for. But uh, they are at a minimum of uh, 90 to 120 days uh, that employees are on furlough. And, uh, you know, I think it depends on some of the specific countries where we are also um, having uh, specific government aids as well. And wherever we are getting the opportunity to have government aids, for instance, United Kingdom, we are trying to extend our furloughs to replicate the government aids um, uh, to, to ensure that uh, even, even if, uh, you, you know, we, we need to open consultations, uh, we can postpone it until the period we can keep supporting our team members with uh, the government aid. And so in terms of the most, if I were to put you on the spot and say, what is the one most important market for you in 2021? Will it be India? So, uh, look, I think, uh, uh, you know, I have been able to, prior, uh, to, be, to be able to give you a, a sense of priority. Uh, I think uh, it's, it's hard for me to uh, put out which one of those three are, are important. Uh, but, but three of those are important, but there will be different focus areas in each of those markets. Um, I think in India, there would be a significant focus on ensuring uh, there is uh, just two things. I think significant uh, trust building among consumers, especially because consumers will be worried about uh, the, the confidence. I, don't, I, I know that uh, because of today's session, a lot of Indian viewers have also joined. So uh, we call it Suraksha Hotels, which is uh, safe hotels. Uh, being able to make sure that we can bring our uh, scrubbed stays in the United States, which is uh, basis CDC guidelines, the sanitized stays in India, and various experiences like those to ensure that we can uh, bring the right services for them. That's number one. And second, really spend more time with our talent in India. In Europe, I think we're seeing great consumer demand. We've been able to prove to our homeowners that if they join our, uh, our systems, we are able to bring them one of the best market-leading revenue generation. Uh, for instance, in Germany, we are seeing that uh, we were a, a much lower-ranked player, but uh, during this summers, we have risen significantly through the ranks in terms of the number of bookings we are making per day and per week. Our hope is with that, we will uh, you know, uh, try and uh, in, 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 uh, make our uh, suppliers happier uh, by means of not just revenue, but also by means of various systems. For instance, in vacation homes in Europe, uh, one of the things that you'll find is very surprising to me is that after you make a booking for the vacation home and the local store or the local uh, vacation management company hands over the key, uh, the experience is on your own. Uh, whereas uh, we have uh, you know, truly designed, even in India when consumers pay $25 a night, an experience where consumer can ask for services uh, at the tip of a button, 
uh, even at the end of the day. So we're trying to bring, uh, of course, a unique product in Europe for consumers saying that after you enter your vacation home, where's the heater? Where's the remote? Is the grocery store close by? Which one is that? What 10 things to buy from which are easy to cook? We're trying to uh, engage the consumer in those places. And I think uh, specifically in the area of uh, Southeast Asia, uh, I think uh, Southeast Asia is very broad. Uh, within Southeast Asia, we see uh, Indonesia and Malaysia, which are uh, much bigger markets for us, uh, and Philippines uh, and, and, and Thailand, which are uh, closely following through. Uh, and, and of course, that's how we will uh, think about our focus markets. Um, um, in, in those we're areas. coming to close, but a couple of questions I have. In terms of cancellation policies that uh, I know hotels and airlines, everybody had to change uh, as a result of this. I'm sure you would have to change as well. Um, sort of where are you in the cancellation policies and refunds spectrum today? And do you force and do you see that become, uh, as continuing to be flexible for a while going ahead? Sure. I think uh, those are three different parts. Uh, there are three different bits there, uh, Rafat. Uh, the first one is typically our hotel business is highly last minute in terms mm. of reservations uh, uh, because our consumers in the United States, for, for example, our United States business, uh, you know, outside of our partner hotels uh, in Vegas and, um, you know, I think uh, probably just Vegas, I think our revenues are back up to around 75% or so of pre-COVID levels because our business is highly concentrated in South and Southeast, uh, which are right. relatively open. And our customers are truckers, pharmaceutical employees, and so on, who are the heart of the American economy, who would, uh, who would continue to make sure um, that, that they're focused on uh, you know, helping, helping the American economy run. Um, uh, I think uh, that said, I think, uh, so that is why refund policies were not such big of a challenge for us, but that said, I think we are probably somewhere in the middle of our refund spectrum, wherein uh, we, are, we are not at a place where we, where we significantly altered policies to be able to make sure that even if cancellation policies required uh, uh, no refund at all, we provided 100% um, you know, cash refund immediately in all geographies. Of course, various countries across the world, governments have mandated cash right. refunds and we have uh, completely uh, obliged to it. But in the rest of the markets, we have tried to sort of uh, figure out various policies, everything from significant cash and part voucher, significant voucher and part cash or complete cash itself, depending on where markets are and where markets uh, demand curves lay. Uh, good news is today we are at a place where globally uh, the cancellation ranges have dramatically reduced uh, and you're seeing more bookings. So uh, I'm seeing that, uh, which is where the third bit is, is that I'm seeing consumer preferences rapidly change towards asking for consumer demand uh, with flexible cancellation policies. So we have rapidly changed our cancellation policies, um, even for last minute reservations, uh, to move towards uh, full or significant refunds. Because one of the big worries in people's minds, uh, especially uh, when you're traveling cross states or cross countries is, uh, you know, especially cross states, is that if the state borders close, uh, I may not be able to utilize the experience on the other side. Uh, so so uh, the new refund policies will be, uh, you will need to be significantly more flexible going forward. And in new policies, we are starting to move towards uh, probably on a rating of one to nine. If we were on uh, five, we are moving towards um, eight, um, I think. In the okay. So let me close with this question. Thank you for all your time. You've been great. Um, if you were to give a lecture to a hospitality school, let's say they're, graduating now and you have to tell the students that it's a great time to be in the travel industry yes it looks awful right now what would your speech be on that uh, yeah i was uh, i was speaking to uh, one of my friends who's who's a professor and and dean of a hospitality school down in texas uh, a, a few days back a great friend of mine uh, and and he asked me the same question so i will try to be um, as as authentic because that answer was off the record on, on a private conversation. So I will try to be as authentic uh, and close to what I said. Um, I started my company in the hospitality industry when everybody told me this was not a good idea at all. Um, uh, you know, everybody told me that you should be, uh, gosh, in e-commerce or uh, something to that effect, but don't be in hospitality. That's too asset heavy, too many big companies, um, you know, uh, all the companies are worth billions of dollars, if not tens of billions of dollars. 
um, uh, so so you should not be in this business effectively. Uh, and I believe that because I took a contrarian view back then, because I genuinely believe that uh, long-term consumers uh, and, and humans are social and they want to see the world, they will, um, you know, uh, travel. And on the other side, these small hotels and homeowners required uh, a specific service. Uh, I think for the first two years, it was tough. Uh, probably uh, one of the hardest challenges I've seen, even harder than the ones I'm dealing with now. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know if uh, your viewers would know, uh, in India, there's a word called Varsati, which is uh, attached roof house, uh, like a room at, at the top of a, of, of a building. And I would live there. Uh, during summers, I would have, uh, you know, uh, blisters on the back. So I, I grew up with tough challenges back in the day. But I feel all of those challenges were worth it in reflection because when the markets, uh, when, when the company sort of got its customer market and product fit, we were able to grow quicker. And you've seen in India, right from uh, Aligarh, Gorakhpur, um, you know, the, the, uh, Prayagraj, all the little towns in Uttar Pradesh, all the way to, um, you know, uh, small towns in Texas, Florida, we are able to bring consumers um, good price, clean, comfortable experience. Uh, now, of course, sometimes consumers, uh, you know, uh, don't get the experience that they deserve, and we are truly sorry for that. And consumers give us a high five. We take that with, with all humility. Uh, but all I would say, say to the hospitality students is tough times. Uh, uh, I will not sugarcoat this. Um, uh, you know, uh, you have the skill set that banks want. You have the skill set that, um, you know, every consumer business in the world wants because you have empathy, respect, a smile. That smile will be hidden behind a mask in the future, but a smile nevertheless. Uh, with that, uh, hospitality industry or not, you're going to be very successful if you use those qualities well. But if you can stick to hospitality in any manner possible, I know you have to uh, get a job and, and, or, or start a business, um, uh, and, and you may choose to do it in any other industry. But I do believe that long-term consumers will travel, as I'm seeing in Europe and in China, uh, and uh, the travel industry, and uh, we hopefully will uh, come out, um, you know, uh, not just out of this crisis, but come out stronger. When and how, hard for me to say, uh, but, uh, but, but I'm confident we'll come out nevertheless, and, and uh, All so right. will you. Thank you, Ritesh. I appreciate your time. That was a great conversation.